0: Leadership Confessions with Phil Rose from Clarity Leadership.
1: Hi, and welcome to the latest edition of Leadership Confessions with me, Phil Rose. And I I do feel like I'm saying this this every episode, but thank you for all the feedback we're getting. Uh, I'm glad you're all enjoying listening to these podcasts. The leaders that we've got to speak to, their different stories. And once again, we've got a brilliant guest today. It gives me great pleasure to introduce uh, Marion McPherson. I've, I've known and worked with Marion for 15 years. Um, she's one of those ladies that always puts a smile on my face. And hopefully, that will, I've got no doubt that's going to come across into into today's podcast. Ma- Marion, thanks for being guest. How are you?
0: Firstly, thank you, Phil, for having me. And yeah, I'm great, actually. So for a, a Monday morning, I'm in, I'm in good form. Thank you.
1: Good. So Marion, you'll do a much better job of describing your role and what you do than me. So can you please give an overview of uh, of what you do and where you work for our listeners, please?
0: Yeah, very happy to do so. My name is Marion McPherson and I work at Bayer. And Bayer is uh, an organisation that is led out of Germany. So we're a German life science company and we have three divisions. We have a pharmaceutical division, we have a consumer health division, and we also have a crop science division. Um I've been fortunate enough to work in two, out of three of those divisions. Um, But it's a really exciting organisation with a great pipeline. And the area that I work in is in women's health. I'm the Global Therapeutic Area Head for Women's Health and uh, it's a great area to work in. And we're looking at a wide range of choices to support women with their health.
1: Uh, And and you and I have worked together in, I think, what, three different regions now with, with your roles at Bayer and across two of those different business units. So we've worked in the UK, we've worked in uh, the Scandinavian region and in, in 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 Europe, when you know you've worked for, across general motion and, and crop science.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and that's the beauty of working in an organisation like Bayer, and um, because I have had those opportunities not only to progress within um, an area of expertise, but I've also had that opportunity to move to different divisions and and, and work in different countries as well.
1: Yeah, so it's been it's been great. So thank thank you for your support in 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 using. Clarity in in your leadership journey. I guess what we'd like to do in this then is 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 really understand how you've arrived at, uh, at the the role that you've got today. Let let's start from the the beginning, I guess. So what what significant events that have shaped who you've become? Do you think?
0: Well, um, let's let's go right back to to my childhood actually, because that's what really started to shape me as a person, obviously, but also as a leader. Um, I grew up in Glasgow. I was born and and brought up in Glasgow. And, and very early in my childhood, sadly, my father died, um, and my mum was left to bring up two kids, um, and with no income. And actually, she was really the inspiration for me because without any qualifications, she actually built a very successful career. In and the National Health Service. And I can remember her telling me that when she applied for her first job after my dad died, that she knew that she didn't have the skills to do the job, but she really had the right attitude. Um, and she was a fast learner, and she managed to persuade them to take her on. And she over the years progressed with, within the NHS, within her career. So she really was the, the first person who started to influence me to realise that there's really nothing to stop me from from achieving what I want to achieve. And then from there, Phil, I maybe just to, to add to that, yeah. part of you know uh, my my father uh, being ill for for a period of time and being in hospital really. Took me to my first part of my career, and that was uh, in nursing. So I trained as a nurse and then as a midwife, and um, because I wanted to be in a caring profession and I, I wanted to to give something back, and, and that's also stayed with me throughout my career in the pharmaceutical industry and also when I when I worked in in, in agriculture and crop science as well.
1: That's a lovely story about your mum, Marion. Thank you for sharing it. <clears throat> so th- if they if they were the sort of the formative years. What do you think shaped your leadership style in a business environment? Any defining moments there?
0: Yeah, absolutely, and I think there's been a number of things you know i've 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 had an opportunity and I've been fortunate enough to work in in businesses where um, there's been acquisitions, so i've been through three different acquisitions. And um, and that really shaped me in, in many ways in terms of being an authentic leader, because during that period of uncertainty and change, you know, people need to feel that they trust their leader. Um, and so quite early on in my career, having had that opportunity to, to take um, significant roles in, in at country level, it really helped me to understand how I was going to inspire and build confidence in my team to, to be able to take them in that journey with me. So that was an important milestone for me. And, and I think, Phil, you touched on another one of them. And, and that was the opportunity to work in different countries and, and to work in different divisions of, 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 of bear. Um, and if I touched first on different countries, the chance to experience different cultures, mm. that was really important mm. to me because it gave me better insights in terms of, you know, how to get the best out of people. But more importantly, when I moved to crop science, I can remember thinking, you know, I I didn't know very much about (laughs) agriculture um, and I was very much outside of my comfort zone because I was coming in with, you know, I had experience as a leader, but had no experience in agriculture. And it was really making sure that I, you know, I really learned the importance of having people with the right skills in your team so that you balance each other out.
1: And what I'm hearing there is almost the same, and, and you know, you correct me if I'm wrong, but almost the same thing as, as your mum. You might not have necessarily had the experience in, in agriculture and that, but you had the right attitude and and that's what made you a success in in that role. Yeah,
0: absolutely. But I think also, you know, at that stage of my career through some of my learnings and, you know, some of the things I've learned the hard way, you, I realized the importance that, you know, of of, of balancing different skills. I didn't need to have all those skills yeah. 20 years ago I probably felt I had to be good at everything. I knew that I needed to surround myself with great people that did have those skills so that you know that we that we 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 brought different uh, strengths to the table.
1: So is there is there been any particular leaders that you you know you've really taken inspiration from, you know, you you talked about your your mum. Mm-hmm. Is there been any other leaders um, that you would look up as where you've taken inspiration from and really learned from?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Actually, there's lots of them and you always feel in that in a tough a discussion like this that you know you there's so many that you want to talk about but there was there's one in particular actually and and it was when I was working in the Nordic region um and the the group CEO at the time in, in the region was incredibly inspiring. You know he really challenged us to to think outside of the traditional box that we were in and he really challenged us to think about how do we you know how do we innovate in the organization, how do we get faster at doing things, how do we experiment how do we, in inverted commas, take calculated risks? You know, but you know, how do we come out of our comfort zone? And and you know, I. You get the best out of me when uh, uh, when you give me that freedom to operate. And he was very much of, of that view. He gave me that opportunity to come up with new and, and different ways to innovate in, across the Nordic region. But he was incredibly inspirational because he really pushed us. And I, and I say it in a really positive way. He encouraged us and he pushed us to strive to do things differently and to, to continually be better.
1: Oh, I love that story. Thank you. What What do you think has been your biggest challenge as a leader then what was it you know setting up home in a in a new country and in a in a although it's the same company you know crop science very different to 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 general medicine so it's you know what what's been your biggest challenge as a leader
0: you know, actually, I think it's the 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 recent, the uh, most recent role that I had before I I started in 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 this new role at the beginning of the year, and 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 that was when I I moved back from Switzerland. I was in a European role in Switzerland, and I moved back after the first wave of the pandemic, and 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 I took on a role leading the UK, Ireland, and Nordic uh, country group for crop science, and you know, super exciting, great team of people. But actually I led that team for 12 months pretty much virtually and as a leader, um, you know, that's not optimal. That's not how you want to lead your team yeah. and, and and show up. And, and Phil, I think you know me well enough. I, I love being with people yeah. and to get a lot out of spending time with my team, you know, face to face. And that was really challenging because not only did I, I'd met 50% of the leadership team at different meetings in in, in the past didn't know all of them very well but I'd met 50% of them but 50% of my leadership team I'd never met and I'd never met any of the broader crop science teams so in in the UK Ireland Uh, so that was really challenging you know how do you inspire and you know your organisation when you don't have that physical contact with them Um, so probably the most challenging uh, role that I've taken on you know to to, to encourage the heart to 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 be <laughs> our, our our vision for the future without actually having that that personal contact
1: yeah that oh, look the number of leaders have, have uh, expressed how difficult that is and you know sort of some of them almost feels like they've you know feels like they've lost a lo- an arm in their ability to lead teams effectively just because you know you can't get in and and see people face to face and it sounds like you had something similar so if that was your your biggest challenge. This, you know, this is called leadership confessions. You and I know each other <laughs> very well. We've we've worked together for fifteen years, as I said previously. Uh, what would you say um, your biggest mistake as a leader has been, and, and what have you learned from it?
0: Yeah, I think uh, my my biggest mistake as a leader. I think when I look back to my uh, earlier leadership roles was to really feel that I needed to surround myself with people with the same skills as me. So we all had to be experts. Um, and you know I, I look back to to one of my first leadership roles um, and it was a big it was a big jump for me. And when I was recruiting that team because I was pretty much recruiting a, a new team and um, to, to move over to 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 the the new company with me, I tended to look for people that had the same interests, the same knowledge base. They were all experts. And actually, you know, Phil, what that does, it just reassures you about all the things that you know, but it never really challenges you on the, on, on, mm-hmm. on things that you're, you don't know or could do differently. Um, and so I think that was... It was really only, I think, about six, nine months in that I brought somebody quite senior into the team that, that you know, didn't come from the same background, didn't have the same experience that, that, that the rest of the team had. that it really started to shake things up a bit uh, in a very positive way because he brought something to the table that none of us had. He also brought, you know... Expertise of other therapy areas that we ha- that none of us had worked in. So I, I, mm-hmm. I, that was a very big lesson for me, you know. And I, I, I think I touched on it when I, I mentioned my time in in uh, in when I moved to the Nordics to crop science for the first time. It's really it was about understanding what are my strengths, what am I bringing to the table, and actually where am I weak, and where do I need to make sure that I I am filling all those areas with expertise, but they all don't have to have the same expertise and shouldn't have the same expertise as me.
1: So professionally or personally then, Marion, how have you overcome your biggest setbacks, do you think? And what have you learned from it?
0: Well, I'm very fortunate, Phil, actually, you know, I've got a very good sounding board at home, my husband, Alan, you know, so uh, when things don't go quite to plan, he's always the person that, you know, <laughs> that takes the brunt of it in the house. He's not in the room, but I'm sure when he listens to this, he'll be nodding like crazy. Um, so, you know, I, I, I'm quite an open person, right? And, uh, you know, I, I wear my heart on my sleeve. And sometimes, you know, the, you know when, when when things are not going quite to plan, I, my, my frustrations, I don't show them necessarily to the team. Sometimes I do, but but generally they, they come home. Um, and I like to talk things through. And I think, you know, I, I like to to reflect on why did something not go well? What didn't work? And I probably, if you'd asked me this question maybe six or seven years ago, Phil, I would have focused on here's all the things that didn't go well and how, what do I fix on it? But I've actually learned now to to dissect it and see actually what did go well? Okay. What is something that I can take from this that really did go well and how can I progress with that, as well as looking at the things that don't go well. Um, so a long answer, the short answer is I tend to, you know, I tend to 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 share that with my with my my other half at home. And um, but I also have a, a mentor in the organization as well. And, and I spent a lot of time talking through some of the things. If they don't work well, what could I have done differently? What what you know, why didn't it go well? And what am I going to do about it?
1: Okay, cool. Love it. So when are you at your best? Describe Marion McPherson, please, for us. What sort of things are happening? And you kind of go, yeah, do you know what? I really feel I'm in the flow. This is me at my very best.
0: You know, I I measure my success and when I'm at my best by, you know, how my organization is feeling. So to me, I'm at my best when my organization is flying and where everybody's engaged everybody's really clear about where we're going and we're excited about it so you know that's really how i measure success for me it's really about you know have i got my organization beside me and behind me? Are we all supporting it? Have I got that high level of engagement and excitement in the organisation? And also, you know, are we are we doing something different? Are we testing some new water? Are we experimenting? Because that's really important to me that, of course, there are some of the day things that we, we need to do and consistently need to be good at. But we also need to be experimenting. We need to be inquisitive. We need to be trying new things. And that's what really excites me. That's what I think, you know, we're really cooking here because actually we're, we're front runners. We're trying new things. I, I've always said to my team, I'm okay about failing. I'm happy to fail. I'm not happy to not try. So failing is not a problem for me. We just learn from it. But it really excites me when people come with new ideas and they want to really challenge me and do things differently. So I think it all comes down to having that right culture and that positive culture in the organization, Phil.
1: So what so brilliant. L- l- love it. So what does high performance look like to you? What are you looking for in in people around high performance? Because you know, clearly what you've talked about there, it's not just numbers and, and success that way. What else are you looking for?
0: So yeah, so I mean numbers obviously are, are are very important. I'm looking for again, I'm looking for where is the where is the organization? Have I got an engaged organization or not? And if I haven't got an engaged organization, we are not successful. So I'm looking for high level of engagement, I'm looking for high level of experimentation, I'm looking for the organization to challenge um, I love when people come back and challenge us on where we're going and, and and why we're trying to do something and coming up with different ways of doing it. you know, but it's all about that that sense of experimentation and that sense that we're all on the boat together and we're fully engaged.
1: love it Uh, you know if i was to replay some of the the principles of our leadership model that you know you've already talked about encourage the heart but you're you're talking about challenging the process all the time which is coming over loud and clear yeah but
0: to me phil you know encouraging the heart i know you can read it in a textbook but it's so important you know i think if you if you can you can if i can engage my organization and they can see what the north star is for them for the future you know -hmm. everybody can face a few bumps along the road but at least they know where they're going it feels fantastic
1: yeah and look and i know you're a big investor in 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 talent um and you invested in our our first hypo program that we ever did and and so we'll we'll come on to that in a little bit so if that's if that's you at your best what what what's you at potentially your uh, your worst what rattles your cage what really gets you you know pissed off (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh lots of talk and no action right It drives me crazy when we do <laughs> you know we do alignment, alignment, realignment, rethinking, rechallenging you know I, I think there comes a point where actually you, you know we just gotta get on with it. Um, so I I, I it, it frustrates me when we don't take decisions. Actually the worst thing we can do is not to make a decision. If it's a bad decision, then we I can live with it as long as we learn from it. But a no decision drives me crazy.
1: <laughs> and and what does a driven crazy Marion look like? How do you show up? You know, because uh, I know some people. So, some people don't change their behaviour at all. Some people are very very different. Some people mask you, what What do you look like?
0: Then I become challenging, right? So you know, I I I think as a leader, I think uh, I'm very open. I I think as a leader, people feel very comfortable, you know, sharing with me, challenging me. I I hope, um, but you know, if if I'm rattled, then I'm really challenging and pushing back, right? I'm really challenging people on the why, um, because I really. I feel personally accountable for for the organisation, but I hold my team personally accountable for their objectives as well. So, you know, I am then challenging the why. Why are we not doing it? Why is this not happening? And what do we need to do to get things moving? So they can see a different me. I think I'm still fair. I think I'm still very open. And, you know, for me, I'm I'm still very authentic, but I will challenge.
1: Love it. And so what are you working on? What's on your your personal development plan at the moment?
0: So for me, my personal development plan is, at the moment, I'm two months into a new role, into my new global role, so it's really and it's my first global role. So I've been in European roles and, and country level. Um, so for me, it's really learning uh, the networks and really learning about who are all the key stakeholders and what, what roles are they doing. Um, and it's really, you know, it's getting to grips with the new role. That's the number one priority for me at the moment is really, you know, get getting myself fully, fully absorbed in the new role. And I think that will take some time. I'm not a very patient person, and I'm not very patient with myself. And I, you know, I tend to sometimes, you know, to be overcritical of me. So I'm, I'm, I'm setting myself some very clear objectives of what should I expect of myself by by what time, so that you know, I, I have a clear view of, of of where I'm going there. So that's that's the big priority for me at the moment is is really uh, getting myself fully engaged and 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 fully absorbed in the new role.
1: Love it. What, what advice, and, you know, we talked about your investment in talent and, and you've demonstrated that uh, you know, hundreds of times over, over the years that we've worked together. What advice would you give to aspiring leaders?
0: You know, be yourself. I think, you know, sometimes I, I see young leaders coming through and they feel they have to be somebody else. They have to take on a persona. Well, you don't because actually (laughs) your organisations see through that and, you know, integrity and trust are so, so important. You don't have that and you don't have the hearts of the organization. So for me, it's really about be yourself and actually don't be afraid to make mistakes. I've talked about this a few Mm. times because actually you learn from them along the way. Yeah. Make sure that you surround yourself with as many talented people that complement your skills as you can get, because that, that enriches the whole organization and you learn a lot from it. But also stay humble because that, you know, being humble, I think, is so important as a leader because it makes you so much more accessible to other people.
1: There's some great lessons there, Marion. You know, I, I you know I heard four. I you know I heard, well. Firstly, the last one you talked about was is the humility and just stay humble. There's the surrounding yourself in 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 great people. Um, the the there was one there in terms of you know, don't put on a persona, mm-hmm. which is because and what I loved it is because we talk about authenticity. Yeah, because the organisations do see through it, and I think that's what sometimes some of the the aspiring leaders don't necessarily realize. And, and then the fourth one you talked about was, don't be frightened to make mistakes, because actually I think that's also a great sign of a leader that's willing to put themselves out there and have a go, mm.
0: um,
1: but also be accountable for those mistakes. You know, and, yeah. and, and as you say, you learn so much, you know, and, and not that we want to in necessarily encourage it all, all the time, but you want people to have a go.
0: Absolutely. Which
1: is brilliant, love it. You
0: do, and I think Phil, maybe one other comment I would make is as, as a new leader, sometimes you feel threatened by really talented people in your organization. And I would say to all of them, actually, you want as many talented people as you can get. And I've always had the view that, you know, with the talented people, and I've worked with many ta- very talented people in my career, I feel very privileged. And, and many of them have gone on to very senior roles inside and actually outside of the company as well. But I always felt that, you know, I was potentially supporting the development of the person that might be my my manager in the future right so I've never felt threatened by them I've actually always felt I could benefit from their skills their their talent and as well as them benefit from benefiting from me so I think to any young leader a new leader that's that's in role you know make sure that you really support those talents don't feel threatened by them support them with their development because actually it will benefit you too
1: what what advice would you give to yourself starting out again?
0: Um, I think, you know, if I go back to my early career, you know, I always looked at other people and thought, my gosh, they're fantastic, right? And I, I'm not as fantastic as them. And I think it's be confident, you know, be more confident about you know, what you bring to the table. And I, I touched on it a minute ago. It's, you, you know, be yourself and be myself, but also have the confidence in terms of who you are, what you bring to the table and what you can potentially achieve in your career. And I think, you know, in the early days, I probably didn't have that confidence Um that, you know, I would hope my... my. uh my my uh, my other self would have if they mm. were starting out today. Um, and I, it's actually the same as I would say to any other talents. You know, I talked about, you know, some of the things I would have done differently. I said, you know, I, in the early days, I, I, I tended to look for people that were like me. Uh, now, if I was starting again, I would be building a team that looked nothing like me. They would, you know, <laughs> yeah. they would be very different to me because I would want their skills because maybe I don't have them. So I would really want to surround myself with the best talents I could, but the people that were complementing my skills.
1: Love it. Give give us an insight to, to the Mary McPherson outside of work, please.
0: Well, I'm a mum. I've got two kids. They're both grown up. Both have very successful careers of their own. I like to spend as much time with them and, and my, my husband, Alan, as, as I can. So any non-work time, you know, I really like to 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 catch up with them, get up to London, see them um, and their partners. Um and, and, you know, I've got, we've got a lot of friends, so we do a lot of socializing, lots of curry nights. You know. <laughs> I don't do a lot of cooking, but I do seem to do a lot of eating. And so en- enjoy, enjoy spending time with, with friends. And, you know, I, I listen to a couple of your, your podcasts and I have to say, you know, I, I listen to people that are jumping and running and running, <laughs> running marathons, <laughs> running up mountains, extreme skiing. I, I'm... I'm not actually doing any of that. I wish I did, but I don't. But I do love swimming, so I swim every day. So I actually, I didn't start swimming um, until my uh, to my early fifties. Actually, I was absolutely terrified of water, and now you know I, I love it. I'm swimming if I can every morning before I get to before I start work, or if not in the evenings after work. And I, I just love it. You know, it's time to think. It's time to just to get my head clear. It's great. Um another thing that I started doing during the pandemic is I'm volunteering. So, uh, actually over Christmas I worked at the COVID one of the COVID vaccination centres. Really enjoyed that and and would like to do more volunteering in the future. So that's a little bit about me.
1: That that's that's lovely. So I, I want to dig into the swimming a bit, yeah. which is so so if you were so scared of water, what what then took you to to try and take that up as a sport?
0: Well, because I'm quite competitive, right? And, and you know, everyone everyone said I couldn't do it. You know, I, you'll never be able to swim now. And I thought, I'll just, I'll just show all of you, you know. And, 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 you know, I missed a lot of time when the kids were young because couldn't do these things. So, you know, it was really that determination that, you know, I was going to, but I actually prove myself but prove other people wrong as well so uh yeah I, I actually did it with her, one of my very best friends she was also in the same situation and so we were learning together and sh- she started to swim before me and I thought this is just not happening right she she's not going to be able to be swimming before me so it made me swim a wee bit harder and practice a bit harder so we we actually both go over the finish line at the same time
1: I love that uh that that little bit of competition that comes out in there as well
0: yeah it's definitely it's definitely there
1: um but what i what i love about that swim is when you put that you know your head under the water it does just it it is one of those things where it just seems all any concerns or any worries you've got they just seem to go don't they they
0: do they do it's just great you know just like Clear head, and when you get back to the to your desk in the morning, because we're all still pretty much working from home a lot of the time. Although I started travelling a bit more, um, just you 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 start the day and you feel energised. It's great.
1: So so, what does the future hold for you, Marion?
0: Oh, great question, Phil. Um, I'm pretty sure a lot of good opportunities. Um, I, I don't have a game plan, to be honest, in terms of what does my next step look like or the step after that. I'm literally two months into a really exciting opportunity. I love working at Bear. I've been there for over 25 years. You know, I, I know that there will be other opportunities coming um, uh, during my time there. So uh, let me answer that in a, in a maybe in a year's time, Phil. But at the moment, what does the future hold? Really getting stuck in and, and and enjoying my new job.
1: Love it. So so a couple of quick fire questions to 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 close off on. What what's uh, what's, what's your guilty pleasure? I'm wondering if it's just singular is enough here. or Pleasures might be more appropriate for you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well honestly well a bit of trash tv but actually uh, so i love chocolate i think uh in particular carberry's fruit and nut right that's my guilty pleasure mm. so i hide it at the back of the fridge and i don't share it so um you know <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, so alan yeah. must know it's there
0: yeah but, yeah but i keep moving it because he, he finds out where i put it so i just keep rotating it around the fridge
1: one thing you'd put in room 101
0: PowerPoint presentations drive me crazy. <laughs> I don't mind a couple of slides, but when you get death by PowerPoint slides, especially when you're on uh, a Teams call, drive oh, me
1: crazy. Just yes, uh, I'm with you at that. What are you hopeless at that you'd like to be good at? Oh,
0: I'm hopeless at admin. I'd like to be, actually I'd not really like to be good at it, but I know I should be good at it. Um, but admin's not, it's not my strength, but luckily, you know, I have a partner that's super good at it, which is great.
1: <laughs> and what? lastly, what makes you smile?
0: I'm a family. No two ways about it. My husband, the kids, that's what makes me smile. Uh,
1: Marion, thank you. Look, you, you may not know this, but it's about 13 years ago. I came to you in your office and said, look... I'm starting uh, Clarity Leadership. We'd been working together for a couple of years and I said, look, nothing's gonna change, but, but at the same time, you're still willing to use the, the previous company or, or come with me and we'll continue to work together. And I, and I hopefully, it didn't take you long to make the decision of backing Clarity. And, but at that time, you won't know how much that meant to me and that we've been able to continue to work together over the last 15 years. So thank you I genuinely from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for all your support that you've given me and Clarity. Over the years, it's been a pleasure to work with you and 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 see different parts of the world with you. And and thanks for coming on today.
0: Oh, it's it's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. And uh, it's been a real pleasure working with you, Phil. I've uh, I've really learned a lot from you and and the network that that you you provide and the opportunity to to speak to other leaders in different organisations. You know, I think, you know, I think we're all humble enough to know that none of us have all the answers. So all yeah, those right. those great opportunities are spot on. So thanks to you too.
1: Yeah. Cheers, Baron. Have a great day. Thank you. So if it's not come across in that, I adore working with Marion. I think she's a fantastic leader, very inspirational, but at the same time, very humble. And I know many people listening to this that have worked in her organisations will back me up on that. So um, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I enjoyed interviewing her. And uh, please subscribe and listen to future podcasts.
0: Leadership Confessions from Clarity Leadership. Email hello at clarityleadership.co.uk and subscribe to receive every episode as it's released.